Photo Shelter presents Vision Slightly Blurred. I'm Sarah Jacobs. And I'm Alan Murabayashi. Hey, Alan. Hey, Sarah. Do photographers still need websites? Why do you ask? Well, I see this question actually on Twitter, kind of a lot of photographers being like, do I need to maintain this? You know, do I need to maintain my website? Do I need to update it? Um, is it relevant anymore? Are photo editors checking it? It does seem like a lot of younger photographers, so younger millennials and Gen Zers who sort of grew up with social media ask that question more often of like, why do I need a website? Why would I need to spend a hundred bucks or a few hundred bucks a year maintaining a website? Mm -hmm. I'm an old guy who grew up on the web, so I have my own feelings, but I'm interested since you're the millennial, the voice of the millennial here, what do you think? (laughs) I speak for all millennials. <laughs> no, I don't speak for all generation Xers. No, I mean, I remember when I graduated college and, well, this was before Instagram, so I'm like older millennial, but um, it did feel like having a website was sort of a frivolous cost that I didn't know if it was worth making, um, especially at that time, you know, just getting my career started, etc. So I turned a lot to free websites such as Blogspot. I was blogging um, a lot of my work and then also using Cargo Collective, which I'm not sure if that still is free at the time it was. And fast forward to today, I do have a website um, through Photo Shelter, <laughs> disclosure, <laughs> from working there, um, which we can talk a lot about later. And I do, as a photo, as a working photo editor, I absolutely still see value in photographers having a .com or a, some kind of website domain. So since you are a photo editor, I'm curious to know your workflow. When you hear about a photographer or you, or you see, you know, like a tear sheet or something, How do you go about figuring out who they are? Do you go to Instagram first? Yeah. So I'm usually finding out about photographers through Instagram. Um, If it's either other publications that I follow that are tagging their photographers in the caption um, or in the photo. And then I will go from there. I'll go to their own page. If I like what I'm seeing on their Instagram, I will be like, all right, is this worth checking out their website? Then I'll shift to my laptop, right? So I'm from going from the phone to the laptop, typing in their name, Googling it, and finding their website. Then if their website is actually good and has work that I can tell that they've recently done based on their Instagram, I will bookmark that website in appropriate folder, depending on your location of where, where you're based. And you are moving from the phone to the laptop in order to see the images larger? Is that, or just because that's like how you look at the web? No, it's to be able to archive archive or save or really bookmark their work so that when I have an editor that's like, we have a story happening in LA, I'm able to go to my LA folder and be like, all right, let's check out like who we should possibly hire there in LA. And, Whereas and, I can't do that on Instagram. Right. Yeah. And when you go to the website, do you read the about page? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sometimes I bookmark the about page because it'll tell their location, um, like right. usually first, like I'm blah, 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 based in. And so if it changes or they update it, I, that's the first thing that I see when I go to their site. And are you the type of photo editor who would look for 
uh, portrait photographer in Oklahoma City, or are you? Do you always have a name in mind before you before you do that? Um, I have not Googled something like that in a minute. What I might do for an, a case like that is I would look at publications in that are yeah from Oklahoma yeah. and see who's shooting for them. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And then, and then go to their Instagram pages. And then if I like what I see, transfer to the laptop, go to their website, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> I will say that I recognize the value of, of the social media properties, mostly Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, the value really being in sort of the network effect of yeah. those platforms, right? The yeah. Instagram, the ability to, to follow and what was originally a serialized feed, but is now an algorithmic feed. Um, Which but we could least, do a whole episode on. Yeah, we could do a whole episode on that. <laughs> but, but at least now I have the ability to follow. When you think of the web equivalent of that, there was way back in the day this notion of web rings where you would put a little piece of code and you say, I'm a part of this photo web ring and click here to get the next person in the web ring. What? And it was just like this, it was sort of a randomized way to get to the next person. Oh, wow. But there was no overarching platform that would allow you to, to just go to a single place and say, show me the updates of all the websites that I'm you know, following as part of this web ring. Right. So I do think that social media, because of that network effect, made looking for updates a heck of a lot more convenient than it was in the past. Because otherwise you were literally scrolling through a, a bookmark list and trying to figure out if anyone had updated their work. It right. was not yeah. a very efficient way to to see new work. Totally, totally. That said, the the thing that the web does really well and that social media does really poorly is discoverability and searchability. Mm. If you wanted to now, you are searching for specific people in, in most cases. Yeah. Um, so that works really well because when you type in their name in Instagram search, you're going to find them. But I was looking for something the other day uh, and, and there's no way to search for like multiple hashtags at the same time. Oh no, yeah. And no. and so the best that you can do, because you can only get a single result, people will start concatenating words together. So you have like multi-word, you know, Hawaii wedding photographer, hashtag Hawaii wedding photographer, instead of being able to search for Hawaii wedding photography, right. or videography, etc. Right, right, right. So the whole discovery mechanism sucks. And it's never been an area, I guess because they they understand how powerful that the network effect is. It's never been an area that social media companies have invested in. Mm. Whereas with something like Google, you have 20 plus years of natural language processing. When I type in best wedding photographer Hawaii, I get results. When I vary that, I get a different set of results. Mm-hmm. I can I can use filters to say, show me the results from the, the past month only. Yeah. So from a discoverability standpoint, I think it's super powerful. And again, assuming that some subset of photo editors or people that are want to hire photographers need to search for keywords, that's yeah. where having a website and having SEO and being on the web is a huge advantage over just having a social media presence. Yeah. Unless those photo editors <laughs> instead are asking within like a private Facebook group, for example, does anybody have any recommendations of 
an Oklahoma portrait photographer. Yeah, and I, and I think that word of mouth referral is super super strong. And yeah. So there's there's no way that I can sort of counter that. Right. Um, I will say that when I've talked to photo ed- editors in the past, they they often do what you do, which is yeah. Maybe they'll find that one image or a set of images on Instagram, but then when they want to get to the next level, they go to the website. Exactly. It's next level. You're it's taking level. it to the next level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By going that, to the website. Right. But that's yeah. super important to say. Okay. Where, where are you from? Who, where did you go to school? Yeah. Where did you, what, what did you study? Right, right, right. No, it, it gives you, the website can give you such a better um, look into who the person might be actually in a way, right. in terms of their business, the way that they're setting up their business. It can kind of give you a sense of how professional they might be. I, and I don't know if that's accurate, but for some reason I think that. Yeah. Because with social media, you know, you can make it look like you might know what you're doing, but you know, do you have the chops to back it up? <laughs> Is your website nice? Do you have a logo? Do you know that you need to tell photo editors where you're located? You know, just all these small things. And I, I think that because of the influencer class on social media, it's sometimes hard to determine whether someone is an influencer or whether someone is primarily a photographer. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and I know that yeah. might sound like I'm mincing words, but no, people who are influencers might be great photographers, but they're trying to build audience. They're not trying to take photos as their number one. Yep. Number I recently one had a young. Yep. Absolutely. I recently had a young photographer who had a huge following on uh, social media takes a lot of like candid portrait type stuff. Um, I told him I, we got in touch via email and I was like, I'll add you to uh, my roster of freelancers. He literally, literally wrote me back and said, don't bother. I'm not one of those normal type of freelance photographers. Oh my God. And I was just like, oh, okay. All right, you're going to be like that. No, you are not added to the list. And I think that's actually exactly what you're talking about right now. Because he, he's an influencer, not a photographer. Exactly. Exactly. And, and his photos were decent. Like he was, if he wanted to be a working photographer, he maybe could. Right. Um, but he doesn't want to be. And he was, he was literally telling me, don't bother. I don't want to be hired. I don't want to be paid. Well, in a way, that's good for you. You save yourself some... Yeah, some potentially bad images Yeah, from a shoot. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I do want to spend a second talking about the algorithm um, as a potential downside of, of strictly relying on social media. Uh-huh. Um, in the Facebook days, uh, maybe like 2009, 2010, when Facebook was like the big thing, we at Photo Shelter had told photographers with one of our guides that you got to create a, a Facebook business page um, get people to that page, get people to follow you. It was pretty good advice for a little while, yeah, for a couple for, of years. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the algorithm changed. And all of a sudden, whereas <laughs> maybe 50% of your followers would see your content, all of a sudden it was 10% of your followers or mm-hmm. less. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons why that shifted, the cynical reason that that shifted is because Facebook started having ads. And they want to encourage businesses to spend money for ads. The less cynical version was everyone's following so many people. There's got to be a way to filter out content that's deemed non-essential. And Facebook will prioritize your friend's content over business content, which I guess kind of makes sense as well. So then everyone moved to Instagram. When Instagram got hot and it was a serialized feed and everybody was happy, it was a gold rush, people 
Yeah, true. You know, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the, the, the people that had sort of first movers advantage before Instagram had all the discovery tools that, you know, they had a manually populated list of people to follow and those people yes. got a million followers each because. Yes. And they also had um, a blog, the yeah. Instagram blog where they would interview different um, users. And I actually was looking for it recently and I don't know that it's, I can't find it on Google. Probably gone. I, I think it might be gone. And that's how a lot of pe- photographers, professional photographers were getting those massive follows at the very beginning yeah. um, was from being interviewed by Instagram. Well, and then Instagram switched from the serialized feed yeah. to the algorithmic feed. Yeah. RIP. Uh, um, and the other thing that we saw is because, uh, and the same thing is true on Twitter, because a number of followers, especially for people that had massive, you know, million plus followers, ended up being bots or suspected of being bots. So you would occasionally have these major purges of followers where you could lose 5% of your followers, 10% of your followers overnight. Yeah. So that, that sort of lack of control when you're on somebody else's platform to me as a business person is devastating, right? And it's not the same thing. If I direct people to my website and I'm able to capture their email to put on my email list, I am not beholden to an algorithm to, to get them my content on a bi-monthly or a monthly basis. Mm -hmm. That is a very, very different approach for the business of photography and actually any business. Um, I think we have to be very, very careful of using third-party systems. We understand the benefits. We often don't understand the downsides of them until it's too late, until we've lost a lot of followers. You know, in the case of Facebook, 90% of people can't see your content anymore. Totally. Unless they search for it. I mean, it's, it's, it's sort of insane. Yeah. So that, that algorithm is, is really kind of devastating. Yeah, it is. I remember whenever... Um whenever Google would even change their algorithm yeah. or Facebook, it was like an upheaval at the office because, right, you know, our photographers would be writing in being like, oh no, like, is my site still on page one? Or like, or in the, ter- in Facebook world, you know, it was like, should I put money behind my page? What should I do? It was a real yeah. like, oh shit moment kind of in the industry, I feel. And I don't want to downplay the algorithmic changes that Google has made because they have been for some businesses pretty devastating as well. But, Mm -hmm. but again, I would, I would go back if you're able to attract people to your website and get them on an email list, you own that list. There's nobody that's going to like go in there and start deleting names off of that list. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. You know, the deliverability issues might crop up here and there because you got flagged as sending out spam, but that's, that's not the same as, Facebook deciding that your followers shouldn't see your, your traffic anymore. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of nuts. The, the, and, and since I'm on a roll now being Mr. Anti, I'm Mr. Anti only social media. <laughs> the notion of brand control is pretty potent to most uh, companies and brands and photographers out there. Whether or not an individual really needs to be a brand is debatable. And, and, but I don't think that just sticking your logo on an Instagram profile is branding per se. No. Um, I think that trying to establish 
a look and feel, trying to get your personality across is much more than sticking a logo up. Yeah. You're so beholden to that Instagram shrink wrap interface. You're so right. beholden to the Facebook blue. You're so beholden to the, right. you know, the white color scheme of Twitter. It's not a good way to sort of control the perception of who you are and what you stand for in the same way that you can with a website. Because if, for example, you have a, a generic content management system like a WordPress, you have literally millions of templates to choose from. That's true. If you want to go in that direction. And if you go with like a photo shelter, you still have templates that have all of these different settings that you can alter with uh, layout and fonts and colors and whatnot to sort of brand the way that your customers see you that that initial impact which can be so potent um so again the initial touch fine social media i don't have a problem with that Mm. but once the next level gets there i still feel very strongly that the website has a lot of value yeah yeah and not to sound like a photo shelter commercial (laughs) (laughs) but genuinely if your website just can do more for you than just be a website, then like yeah. even more a thousand percent, you should invest and put money behind that. And, and but that to one. me is not even like, that's not a photo shelter specific issue. That's, you know, you pick a website that allows you to have online sales. Yeah. Like why wouldn't you do that? I've, totally. I've, I've run into yeah. so many people that said I made one sale for 500 bucks and that paid for my website subscription. For the year. That's amazing. And, and then some, right? I, I haven't done that. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, I, I need to put some stuff up for sale. Anyway. Yeah, I, yeah. the ability to store your stuff in the cloud. The ability totally. to send totally. your clients high-res files. Yes, um, from my phone. So yeah. good. You, you can't do that from With, Facebook. You can't do it through Facebook. You can't definitely can't do it through Instagram. Even DMing photos through Instagram, they're pixelated and gross. It's like... You have yeah. to send them high res somehow. Facebook also, I, I mean, anyone who's ever oh, uploaded yeah. a fa- uh, an image to Facebook, they, they just crush it. It oh, looks they, horrible. Right. Totally. And Instagram looks great on your tiny phone screen, but it's literally a postage stamp size image. Right. And when you try to look at it on a computer, it's 600 pixels. It's yeah. nothing compared to what you can show on your own website. Yeah. Um, so not to sound like a broken record, but I, I just feel... You know, when when someone says, do I really need a website? Man, that's like... Yeah, you do. Yeah. And it needs to be more than like... If you're a professional, it needs to be more than like a Tumblr. Yeah. Is anybody still on Tumblr? I don't know. Does does Tumblr even exist? It does. It does. It does. (laughs) Okay. So the counterpoint to all of this is... Because, you know, if you haven't set up a website... Um, and you're, now you're contemplating setting up a website because we've convinced you that you need one in 2019. You should. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say you will get no SEO benefit and you will not get the ability to sell any images if you're not updating your content. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? It's mm-hmm. still like a blank canvas in many ways and you have to populate it. And for good SEO, you have to constantly put content up there. Otherwise, Google says there's nothing happening. Why would we... Yeah, why would you we, we the, push this? The, so, okay, so when you say that, do you mean upload new photographs that you've taken that are metadata keyworded? Um, or do you mean updating your about page? Like, what do you mean? I, I mean all of that. Okay. I mean, I, you know, Google will look, when they index your web pages, they do a time date stamp. They can, they can tell when your about page was last updated. Right. And if the about page was last updated seven years ago, 
then no, they're gonna say, well, maybe we won't rank this page so so high, yeah. highly. You know, and it, it sort of reminds me of of photographers often have like the worst portraits of themselves, and they'll use the same one, and ten years later they're like, that's not what you look like, and it's, <laughs> it's still up on your website. You know, so you have to update your content in the same way that you should update your portrait. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally you know what I mean? true. Like, speaking of which, I should probably update my portrait that was i take a like, ton of self-portraits so I'm, I'm i'm good on that you're good yeah selfie every night you're like yeah it changed every night let's update the website no i'm just kidding yeah so in the end i mean i think that every photographer needs to still be on instagram oh yeah you, you, just, got, you got to play the game you got to play that game yeah um because especially because people aren't updating their website quite as much yeah. um if i am to go to the website first i might then go to the definitely link your Instagram to your website. It seems obvious, but like just putting that out there, I might go to the Instagram after that to be like, well, what's their newest work that they've done? What are they working on currently? Are there's, are there any projects that like they've just started or any, anything like that? You talked at the top of the show about Blogspot, And I remember back in the day where (laughs) photography blogs were kind of a thing and we're talking seven ten years ago where a lot of photographers were spending time writing long form yeah blog entries do you think that there's still an interest in a place for that or is it kind of like eh, let it go oh i think probably let it go (laughs) (laughs) unless you have like a really (laughs) unless you have like a really crazy take on what is going on um, in photographs that are that are currently, I don't know, being produced. I think um, there is a blog. It's called Reading the Pictures, where mm-hmm. it critiques um, photo current photojournalism, and that is like a unique take on news photography. That's totally worth checking out. Um, but for example, like my blog spot back in the day, I would. I mean, it's where I kind of learn learned how to pair and craft. Um, little curated posts of like, I'm going to match this photographer's work with this photographer's work because mm. they complement one another. You know, it was like, if you look at my blog spot, you can see me like learning how to do that. And that's what I used it for. I don't think that's beneficial. I don't know who <laughs> I had like one fan who I now follow on Instagram. Hey, Chris. <laughs> yeah, because that I, I, I think I would agree with you. I think a lot of the things that we did uh, on blogs, for example, we used to advocate that you do sort of behind the scenes BTS stuff on yeah, your blog. Right. And you can accomplish that on Instagram now. Right. You can. But then back to your point about that's not searchable and that's not SEO, right? Yeah. If you're doing Insta stories of behind the scenes of your shoots, I mean, is it beneficial to put that up on a blog just for SEO purposes so that people then get back to your website? Maybe. I guess it depends on who your audience is. Right? Yeah. Would they would they consume that type of content? Would it would it get them closer to hiring you as a photographer? Right. Yeah. And again, I mean, there's so many different forms of photography. You know, you're a you're yeah. a photo editor that hires for editorial shoots. That's yeah. not the same as somebody looking for a wedding photographer. It's totally. not the same as a senior prom photographer that we've talked about in, in past shows. So yeah, no, that's true. Got to know your audience, but. At the end of the day, I mean, I know we're not a disinterested party, but I'm still yeah. advocating that people look at maintaining a website. Um, at, if nothing else, you need to control your name on the internet that's so that some other knuckleheads too. don't come up or trolls come up and 
you know, take over your name, which which we've seen happen in the past. So, yeah. Um, we are talking about this very issue on the blog at blog.photoshelter.com. And actually, Sarah and I are super interested to know whether you think you still need a photography uh, website in 2019. Yeah. So go to the blog at blog.photoshelter.com or tweet at us mm-hmm. at Photoshelter and let us know, do you still need a photography website? And link us to yours. Yeah, we'd love to see them. I want to check them out. Photo Shelter is the online leader for photography websites and workflow tools. Archive, distribute, and sell your photos in a mobile-friendly, responsive website. Try one free for 14 days at photoshelter.com slash podcast. Then download one of our free educational guides at photoshelter.com slash resources.